0: Hi, all of you podcast subscribers. Between demagoguery and monopoly and inequality on a magnitude not seen since the Gilded Age, we have a lot on our plate. Fighting against the drift to autocracy, one man, one party, one channel, or one point of view, takes a lot of work. When you support The Laura Flanders Show, you help. Every week, we do our best to open up new discussions and report on people and practices who are spreading power and making our democracy more vibrant. Sharing the microphone, opening up the media, instead of homogenizing it, is possible. But the appetizers who profit from the media we have now won't support it. You are our support. If everyone listening now kicked in a few dollars a month, we'd be golden better yet if everyone listening got three new people to contribute we'd be less dependent on the few that currently give we've kicked off a may challenge if we can attract 50 new donors in a week we'll release a five thousand dollar match from our board just 50 new donors will you be one will your friend your neighbor the person down the street become a monthly sustaining member at patreon.com forward slash the lf show or make a one-time donation you choose you'll find all the information at lauraflanders.org forward slash donate for the many not the few i thank you and here's this week's show. And this is The Laura Flanders Show, a TV and radio program that shines a light on the solutions of tomorrow today. We report on the people and movements driving systemic change from the worlds of politics, arts, and entrepreneurship. Welcome. It's hard to find consensus among 300 million people. It helps to have a founding document. But consider any one of the really big, important words in the U.S. Constitution, and you'll find no agreement. Speech, happiness, freedom, justice, even person. They've all been up for debate since the Founders' Ink was dry, and we, the people, haven't finished debating yet. Indeed, some of our biggest debates are about the tiniest word, we. Lisa Graves has been following the to and fro her entire career, a lawyer and researcher. She's advised every branch of the federal government. She's the president of the board of the Center for Media and Democracy, a watchdog group in Wisconsin, where she headed up investigations into the corrupting power of big money on our elections, science, and most especially, our courts. A few years back, Graves created True North Research, where she currently serves as its executive director and editor-in-chief. As the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection prepares to hold hearings throughout June, and the Supreme Court approaches the end of its first term with what you could call its Trump majority. And as CPAC, the global convening of right-wing activists, prepares to hold a conference not in Texas or Florida, but in Budapest, Hungary, with Putin ally Viktor Orban as its featured speaker— We thought this was a good time to sit down with Graves. She says what we're facing is the beginning of the next chapter of the extremist revolution. So what does that mean? And because this is a show where we like to talk about how change is made, if a determined group of billionaires brought us to this place, I'm going to ask, can the process also happen in reverse? We'll also hear from January 6th committee member Jamie Raskin, who says that what's about to be revealed will blow the roof of the House. I won't say I'm relieved to be speaking to you, Lisa, but um, I'm always excited to hear what you have to say because it makes me feel that someone is paying attention. (laughs) So as we start our conversation, perhaps just to center us, um, where are you? I mean, I don't mean physically, although that's interesting, but what's on the top of your mind in terms of this particular moment and what's at stake for whom?
1: Uh, I'm thinking about a a number of things. One uh, one is the just ongoing revelations by the tremendously important House uh, investigation into January 6th and the great work of Jamie Raskin and the other members there to really um, unearth these messages and communications of this coup that was attempted by Donald Trump and his most ardent uh, followers and aides. Um, and that is certainly top of mind because we have never seen anything like that in the history of our republic. And um, we know that um, Trump's allies and Trump himself, uh, they are working hard to try to shut down that investigation through the 2022 midterm elections. Uh, If they take the House, they will end that investigation, that vitally important investigation into this effort to overturn um, our our democracy to basically have a coup um, and to have a violent coup at that with what was happening um, in uh, on the Hill on January 6th. But I'm also thinking a lot about what's happening with the Supreme Court and um, the uh, sort of silent coup that has happened there in terms of um, the way this uh, right-wing faction now dominates our highest court and what they are planning to do uh, to our rights in these coming months. So those are the two things that are uh, most on my mind. And then I also worry quite a bit about um, Steve Bannon, his continued efforts to um, uh, seed uh, a global sort of nationalist white supremacist type of movement and how that CPAC conference that's coming up in May uh, feeds into that narrative of indoctrination of Republicans to go along with this assault on fundamental democratic principles in America.
0: In their promotional video, CPAC's Hungarian host organization um, say that American and Hungarian conservatives are united by ideas of home, God, family, all ideas that they claim are under attack. Hungary is a country where Viktor Orban, as prime minister, has conducted purges of gay people and Jews and anybody smelling of leftism of any kind. There have been horrendous assaults on um, Roma people, on the so-called gypsy people in, in in the region, and, of course, the treatment of immigrants that we've seen. By moving their conference, the Conservative Political Action Committee, to Hungary, what are they signaling? And what do those words, home, God, family, Mean to them and the
1: Hungarians. That terminology, that sort of fatherland, uh, homeland uh, rhetoric, you know, is well known in history from the 1930s. And um, to embrace such a repressive leader of a country um, as someone uh, to be followed by Americans here is genuinely astonishing. American generations earlier fought against that, that sort of um, fascistic Uh, type of government, uh, fought in World War II against fascism. But now we're seeing this fascism redressed as some sort of modern form of democracy when it is antithetical to true democracy. This this notion that Fox, uh, that Tucker Carlson, the Swanson TV dinner heir, would give his platform to Viktor Orban, that CPAC would give their platform to Viktor Orban, it really signals a... um, a determination to try to move this country away from having a thriving democracy and to sort of normalize a uh, a sort of almost dictatorial type of presidency
0: and going to Hungary in the middle of a war in Europe um, where Viktor Orbán is on the Putin side, uh, it speaks to in in a sense a restarting of a century going back to a period before World War II, before the legislation of the 1960s. Hungary's never seen that kind of liberal uh, legislation. And it does seem to me that the organizations that you follow fancy rolling back the clock on all of that. How far have they
1: succeeded in rolling back the clock? And what role does today's Supreme Court play? The judges that Donald Trump has put on the United States Supreme Court which now form a faction, a majority faction on that court that is genuinely extreme. And they were chosen not to be fair judges. They were chosen with the hope, with the intention that they would reverse a century of legal precedents, precedents that Americans rely upon. All the other courts basically have to take the cases that come to it and issue rulings on it. The Supreme Court chooses which cases it hears. It receives Thousands of appeals every year, and it chooses only 90 cases, about 90 cases to rule on, um, to have an oral argument on and issue a written ruling on. And um, it has chosen that Citizens United decision, picked that case out in order to destroy campaign finance law or anti corruption law in this country in ways that are consistent with what Charles Koch uh, wants. Um, they picked out a case about the Voting Rights Act in order to destroy the enforcement provisions of the Voting Rights Act in 2013, which has spawned this these hundreds of repressive bills to make it harder for Americans to vote uh, that have been fueled by Trump's lies about the election, the big lucrative lie. They picked out a decision, uh, a case involving gerrymandering or the map drawing in order to take away uh, and limit the power of federal judges to set aside these unfair maps that install minority rule in states and basically um, have overrepresentation of Republicans in Congress despite the fact that they um, do not hold those same majorities in uh, state registration. And now they've chosen decisions like a decision involving Roe versus Wade. Um, with the view toward overturning 50 years of precedent and another case uh, that is coming out this year uh, to uh, attack uh, and limit the power of the EPA to regulate climate as we're witnessing with our own eyes uh, documented, demonstrated consequences of the climate changes that are underway, and we desperately need to have a federal government empowered to do something about it. What would that take? Well, that's going to take uh, having substantial progressive majorities who are willing to um, make sure that our courts are staffed with people who are fair and who do not have this regressive, repressive, narrow view of our Constitution, who do not have an agenda to roll back the rights of American women, uh, LGBTQ rights, uh, to roll back our regulatory rights, the power that we have and justly have to regulate corporations, which are artificial creatures of the state who do not have the same rights and should not have the same rights as actual human beings. Um, you know, We need to have uh, the willingness to, I think, expand this court. Um, it's nine justices. It's not set in the constitution that it be nine. It could be 15. The court should look more like the American people. It shouldn't just be a bunch of Ivy League judges who um, are handpicked, uh, at least three of them, and actually more because of the role of Leonard Leo. Does the confirmation
0: of the court's latest justice, uh, Ketanji Brown Jackson, make a difference?
1: It absolutely makes a difference to have her on the court because, you know, in part, this court has never um, had a, a, a black woman serve as as a judge. Um, I think it's really important from that standpoint. And she's someone who is Um, who's shown herself to be someone devoted to facts and law and fairness. But it doesn't change the majority, it doesn't change this faction, but it holds off the expansion of that faction and gives us a toehold for pushing back that faction and outnumbering them ultimately.
0: This is The Laura Flanders Show. I'm Laura. My guest is Lisa Graves, one of the nation's foremost experts on corruption in the country. She's the creator, executive director, and editor-in-chief of True North Research, an investigative watchdog group. And she's the board president of the Center for Media and Democracy, where she's led in-depth investigations into the corruption that undermines our democracy, environment, science, and economic health. You can watch this show on our YouTube channel or on over 300 public television stations nationwide. Find out where at LauraFlanders.org. And while you're on our site, sign up for our weekly newsletter to receive information on all our web exclusives, live events, and uncut interviews, including the uncut conversation from today's show with Lisa Graves, along with my latest commentary on inflating hopes and dreams in mansion country. Next, we discuss kicking off June 9th by the House Select Committee investigating the events of January 6th. On that, we'll hear from Democratic representative Jamie Raskin, who's a committee member and says that what's about to be revealed will blow the roof off the house. But first, here's the 1.5 mix of Just Because by poet and Tony Award-winning playwright, as well as artistic director of the theater portion of the Downtown Urban Arts Festival in New York City, the one and only Reggie Gaines.
2: Time to try something new that everyone in the world can do treat those the way that you treat you view each new day a dream come true time to try something new that everyone in the world can do treat those the way that you treat you view each new day a dream come true just because the world's gone wrong doesn't give you any reason not to sing this song Birds are chirping, skies bright blue Plenty of people doing worse than you Homeless, hungry, suffer from disease Seems every morning we should hit our knees Pledge praise to the power who provides us air Stop moaning, groaning about your despair Care about your loved ones, care about yourself Forget about fame and a world where wealth Rules the way we think what we believe Causing pain, shame so many to grieve For those they've lost and still might lose You got a choice, but will you choose hate over hope, dope, death, despair? It really won't take much to show the world we care.
0: It's an inside and an outside strategy, as Jamie Raskin and others on the House Select Committee into the January 6th insurrection have said.
3: No president has ever come close to doing what happened here in terms of trying to organize an inside coup Mm -hmm. to overthrow an election and um, bypass. The constitutional order Mm -hmm. um, and then also uh, use a violent insurrection made up of domestic violent extremist groups, white nationalist, racist, fascist groups in order to support the coup.
0: There was both the um, attempt to bypass the constitutional order at the level of the elections and counting the votes and alleging fraud when there wasn't any, and there was the sort of fueling of an outside-the-capital mob of white supremacists and and others that you've mentioned. What we're hearing from Jamie Raskin now is that the findings that we're all going to, with any luck, get to hear more about in June will, as he put it, blow the roof off the house. What are you most listening out for? And are you still able
1: to be shocked by what you're hearing? In terms of what's happening with that uh, investigation, I mean, more documents, audio, you know, we're already seeing some of that in the uh, revelations about Jenny Thomas's role in Um, using uh, her power to try to influence Mark Meadows and Trump to uh, overturn the election. Who was paying her salary? Who was paying her consulting fees? Who has been paying her all these years as she has played this significant role in trying to influence who gets into the Trump White House and who gets fired from it? Um, This is the wife of a justice on the United States Supreme Court who was actively fomenting insurrection in this country. Um, and she's part of that outside-inside, I suppose, component. My hope is that that, those sorts of revelations will break through the sort of fog of, um, uh, you know, just malaise and fear and worry over the um, economy and of the pandemic to really help wake more people up to the fact that our democracy is hanging by a thread, and there are people in the Republican Party who want to cut that thread. Donald Trump is is chief among them, but he's not alone. He has extreme partisans who have very extreme views, who are are willing to do whatever they can to help themselves stay in power and help him stay stay in power. And that includes fundamentally destroying our very democracy. Let's hear from
0: Congressman Jamie Raskin himself.
3: It is a mistake to think that Um, that the right wing, by which I mean the Republican Party, by which I mean the extreme right wing, because it's all the same today, it's a mistake to think that they don't operate on ideas, because they do. Mm -hmm. They operate on very elaborate, detailed, minute conspiracy theories. It's a race between the popular will and their control over anti-democratic instruments like voter suppression, the gerrymandering of our districts, the filibuster in the Senate, court packing, right-wing judicial activism. We need to be mobilized like hell for the 2022 elections. It's either gonna be a Democratic majority or Republican majority. That majority is gonna be sitting in Congress in 2024 when the electors come in.
0: Well, that's what the Congressman has to say. Um, Back to you, Lisa. We are in the run-up to midterm elections. Um, Jamie got himself elected. I believe, you know, that the vote still matters, even if our democracy is hanging by a thread. But you do have to wonder, if we have seen a popular movement over our lifetimes, and in the last few years, around equal justice for people of all races, around gender justice for people of all genders, around the climate for urgent action now, even at the level of corporate boards, how have a minority, albeit with a lot of money, managed to influence so many to believe that their lives are on the line to the point where they would go and, you know, rush the halls of Congress as they did January 6th, and more benignly around the country, um, feel as afraid as many of them do, as angry as so many of them do, enough to sign up and get active at you know, school boards and, and libraries and boards of elections, and none of that has actually turned out to be benign. How do they do it? And what do they have that the other side doesn't have?
1: This um, circumstance that we're in is really fueled in part by Fox and OAN and these right-wing outlets that have no fairness doctrine that basically Charles Koch and his his buddies helped wipe away um, so that they can basically preach propaganda without uh, giving any you know, alternative or reality uh, to it. And so you have these entities that masquerade as news outlets. And the related pieces, as we've learned from uh, some of the analysis of Facebook, is how potent anger is in motivating people. Um, you know How Anger um, is something that spreads like poison. And what you've seen now is that some, uh, someone like Donald Trump, who I personally believe is um, not just amoral, but immoral, someone who is uh, so venal, so selfish, so unworthy of any public office, that he has now seen that he can basically use hate and anger like an ATM to just keep pushing that button to get more cash, to get more money, uh, in order to fuel his own vanity and fuel his very dark uh, vision and his lies about this country and our world and how um, so many people can be preyed upon or are gleefully racing uh, those lies because it fits um, their own bias, their own bigotry. I- I- I'm reminded, though, Lisa, that there was it wasn't always this way. I mean, there was a
0: period when you and I were much younger and people on the right, including many that you've named, were in the wilderness. And they, at that time, and I'm talking about the 1960s, came together to envision how they would get from where they were then To where they are now. They may not have plotted it exactly, but they identified the need to influence the media, to influence policy. They created organizations to do all of those things, many of which you have tracked. Um, Is this a process that can work in reverse? Do people on the progressive side need to look very closely at what the right did? Because it could be, you know, could be reverse engineered.
1: It's, um, I I say it takes a lot of money to sell a lie, but they have spent a lot of money to sell those lies. It's not as costly to tell the truth, although it can be costly at times. Um, But, you know, in in some ways it's sort of amazing that it's taken them this long to get to this point because they spent so much money. Um, And that's because I I think that they continue to genuinely be at odds with the will of most Americans. What most Americans want, uh, for example, Um, You know, abortion is very popular in terms of women being able to make their own decisions. Uh, It's uh, it's supported by 60, 70, 75 percent of the American people. Abortion is more popular than President Biden or President Trump. Abortion is a more popular right uh, or more popular thing than many politicians. And yet, because there are some right wing funders, uh, hedge funders and others who are so anti-choice, who have put so much money into these elections, backing these right-wing politicians, uh, put so much money into putting, helping to install these extreme uh, anti-choice people on the Supreme Court, Uh, we are at at a moment where the Supreme Court may well reverse Roe, and these state legislatures that are beholden to these same billionaire interests may well um, expand uh, the um, opposition to Roe to even take away... Um, the right of abortion in the case of rape or incest. But it's not because the majority of people want it. It's because a very few number of wealthy people who are spending their money very strategically have put those pieces in place. So what do we do? Yeah, so that's all right. So my hope is that as as these decisions come down, this decision uh, this summer on Roe versus Wade, the people, even if you're momentarily discouraged and outraged by it, that you not give in that we not give in, that we use this as organizing, vital organizing to repel these extremists, that we use these moments coming up to really organize and to insist that the majority, the progressive majority, the majority in favor of equality, the majority in favor of great public schools, the majority in favor of um, making sure that women have reproductive uh, rights and right to privacy, that we dominate in our elections, that we are able to elect people um, at every level of government who support these values and are not beholden to these super rich, regressive billionaires and are not beholden to this repressive point of view that's you know, um, uh, just out of step with human rights and basic rights in this country. What do you think is at stake
0: for whom in this moment? And why do you care so much?
1: What's at stake is our democracy and our future. And it's not just this idea, this abstract notion of democracy, it's really our freedom. Our freedom to pursue our dreams, our freedom to marry whom we love, our freedom to make sure that our our friends and colleagues and family are treated equally and fairly uh, and not uh, attacked because of their race or because of their sexuality. Um, What's at stake is our ability to defend and protect this planet. Democracy is not just a structure in and of itself, it's valuable, it is. But it's a structure that is, is devoted or is supposed to be devoted to human freedom, to human opportunity, and to making sure that human beings, not corporations, and not just a few human beings, a few rich human beings, um, can make decisions about our lives. Um, and so, you know, it really is, um, I guess at the end of the day, Laura, it's about love um, and love for our fellow humans and love for this planet, which is why we cannot give up Uh, If we have a setback, we cannot let it defeat us. Um, And as my hero, Frederick Douglass, said, um, power concedes nothing without demand. It never has and it never will. And we just have to make our demands louder, uh, more forceful, more determined than some of these squeaky wheels who are being fed lies by this billionaire-backed lie machine. If these repressive forces come to power, Um, in the presidency, in Congress, in the courts, and we allow them to dominate us, I don't think we'll ever get our democracy back. And I think we will not just lose um, our freedoms, but we'll lose this beautiful, amazing, gorgeous planet we live on because greed and selfishness will be the predominant value.
0: Lisa Graves, thank you so much for your work. Thank you for spending this time with us. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much, Laura. It's an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much.
0: It's very hard to talk about democracy without sounding partisan. After all, one of our two major parties has the word democracy right there in the title. But I have to say, traveling as much as I have around this country and the world, I think there are people who vote in every kind of way, who care about themselves, their communities, their families, the land, the water, who care about people and places and having a say. So there is one quibble I would make with my friend Lisa Graves and that's about our media. Sure, it is super expensive to sell a lie, but it also costs a lot to try to tell a more complicated truth. In a world like ours, where our media has become so partisan, where do we have conversations about the things that bring us together, care for one another, for our families, for our choices, care for our land and our water and our air. I happen to think that there are all sorts of people who vote all sorts of ways, who want to have some say in the direction of their country, who care about their past and their future, and who care that corporations pay what's fair. So a conversation about democracy, about having a say, about being a part of decision-making in a country? I don't think that is a partisan one, but you tell me. For more information on this week's guests, go to patreon.com forward slash the LF show. You'll find there a suggested reading list and additional related episodes to explore from our archives, as well as an invitation to watch the premiere of each week's show on our YouTube channel and chat with all of us live in real time. That's Sundays at 1130 Eastern. All the details are at patreon.com forward slash the LF show. The show is listener and viewer supported. We don't take ads or money from the government. You make it possible for us to bring this forward-looking programming to a national audience for free. But it isn't cheap for us. This month, we need to raise $25,000. Can we depend on you? We have a match going on. If we can just bring on 50 new donors, we'll release 5000 bucks. So you can really make a difference by spreading the word to your friends and families and make a contribution at patreon.com forward slash the LF show or lauraflanders.org forward slash donate. You'll get all sorts of extras and you'll get our undying thanks. Thanks for listening. Stay kind. Stay curious. Until the next time, I'm Laura.